the business savvy singer. Hey there. And welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer podcast, brought to you by the PrivateMusicStudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment for the finest in entertainment. Welcome to season two of the Business Savvy Singer podcast. This season, not only will we be hearing from singers, we will also be hearing from professionals providing support services to singers. I am honored to have the opportunity to share some of the things that I've learned in the entertainment business throughout the years. I have been a consultant to a select group of performers in the area of vocal technique, style coaching, material selection, marketing, recording, and many other things. Several of my clients have asked me to write a book about my experiences, and my initial response was always, why would anyone want to hear about my experiences? But it soon occurred to me that there are many performers that could benefit from someone else's lifelong experience in the business. Performers often feel a great deal of frustration as they navigate their way around the obstacles encountered in the entertainment business. I would have loved having a mentor when I was starting out. And so it is for those reasons that I have taken on the task of writing Music, Money, and You, Managing the Business. I'd like to read an excerpt from the book about a wonderful touring experience that I had. I agreed to perform and manage a USO tour that was headed for a three-month engagement in the Far East. I was the featured performer in a show that consisted of a band of five musicians, two female backup singers, a roadie, a guy that sets up your stage equipment, and a sound and lighting man. Off we went on a wonderful adventure. We flew from Cincinnati, Ohio, to Travis Air Force Base in Fairfield, California, and then on to Elmendorf Air Force Base in Anchorage, Alaska. We arrived in Anchorage at 2 in the afternoon. It was extremely cold, and it was very dark. What a shock! I had heard that Alaska was dark for extended periods of time in the winter, but I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was incredible. Our assigned officer met us, took us for a meal, and then got us settled in. We performed our show that evening for the troops. We'd been in rehearsals for the show for several weeks prior, and we had performed the show for family, friends, and company management. 
However, this was our first experience performing for the GIs, and we were very pleasantly surprised by how much they enjoyed and appreciated our performance. They cheered, clapped their hands, stomped their feet. They wanted to meet us after the show, and we were delighted to receive them. It was very rewarding to perform for the guys and gals that keep America safe. We knew that through this USO tour, we were in for a really unique experience. The next morning, we headed to Japan. From that point on, we were given military officer status, which allowed us to have many of the privileges that officers had. We were officially part of the American Armed Forces, and we were proud to be bringing American culture and music to our service people overseas. We made the trip to Japan on the Flying Tiger Airline, which carried cargo and soldiers. There were not many amenities for our comfort. I remember receiving our first meal on the plane. Each passenger was given a box containing food. As a matter of fact, the boxes were tossed to us. There were three sandwiches, three small cartons of milk, fruit, cookies, and several other items of food in each box. I remember thinking, these guys must really be hungry. It seemed that there was enough food in one box to feed our entire band. During the flight, we were served three meals. We spent our time eating, sleeping, and getting to know the soldiers who were being dispatched to the military bases in Japan. They were delightful. After a very long flight, we landed in Japan. We had a 48-hour opportunity to recover from traveling, and then we began a very rigorous travel and performance schedule. We performed at all of the military installations. It was great. As company manager, I found that there were many things to manage, including making sure that all of the equipment arrived on time at every destination. Managing the band and tech guys was no easy feat. We often had to leave our hotel early in the morning in order to arrive at our show venue on time. Frequently, we had to be flown by helicopter to remote performance locations, so it was crucial that everyone got up and met our ground transportation provider on time. We had several close calls, but we always made it. On days off, I often sought loan activities so that I wouldn't have to be responsible for anyone else. Everyone was on their own. One day, I ventured into Tokyo to see if I could find the Saks Fifth Avenue department store, which was advertised in all of the fashion magazines. I thought that it would be easy and that I could enjoy a little shopping on my day off. The Tokyo subway lines are color-coded. How hard could this be? I took the yellow line from the military base, so all I had to do was take the yellow line back. Except, it wasn't that simple. I found the Ginza, which is a shopping area, and I browsed through some of the stores. Of course, I couldn't talk to anyone or ask any questions, as I did not speak a word of Japanese. People were staring at me because I looked different, but there was no hostility in their faces. During this time, 
There were very few women soldiers fighting in the military. So there weren't many American women in Tokyo, and there certainly weren't many African-American women there. I was a novelty, and the people were curious about me. They stopped in their tracks and gaped. I smiled at them, and they smiled back. One woman with her young daughter came up to me and caressed my face. It was very sweet. We couldn't communicate in language, but we communicated with our eyes. After an hour or so, I decided to head back to the base. Suddenly, I was completely turned around and confused. I don't know what happened, but I couldn't remember which way I needed to go to get back to the subway. I told myself not to panic and to try and ask someone. I figured surely someone spoke English. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find anyone who spoke English. But then, off in the distance, I saw a small, uniformed man standing outside of what looked like a phone booth. I immediately rushed over to him and began asking him where the subway was. He just stood looking at me with a smile on his face. After a few minutes, there were ten small uniformed men standing around me. They were all policemen, and they were there to help. The only problem was, they couldn't understand me, and I couldn't understand them. It was all very friendly, and after a while, we all began laughing. Finally, one of them went into the little structure that looked like a phone booth. It was a police box with a phone inside. This gentleman dialed a number, said a few words in Japanese, and handed the phone to me. There was an English-speaking voice on the other end of the line. I was so relieved, and so were the policemen. The policeman that called had told the voice where I was. All I had to do was tell him that I was looking for the yellow subway line and that I was an American USO entertainer headed back to the military base. He told me to wait right there and that he would send a car to take me back. Within five minutes, a small police car pulled up and the driver gestured to me to get in. I did, and he gave me a first-class service back to the base. He spoke English very well, and along the ride back to the base, he pointed out several landmarks and told me interesting facts about Tokyo. All is well that ends well, but I never ventured out alone again. During the course of the tour, I was constantly counting people and pieces of equipment to make sure that everyone and everything was accounted for. We had eight performers, one roadie, one sound man, and 31 pieces of equipment, including sound, lighting, costumes, shoes, sheet music, instruments, and microphones, in addition to our own personal luggage. Accounting for everyone and everything was daunting at best. I also did the advance work. It was my job to call ahead and make sure that everything would be ready when we arrived at the next location. We performed at all of the military bases in Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, the Philippines, Midway, and Hawaii. 
While in Japan, we visited Hiroshima, where we saw the devastation from the bombing of World War II. We also went to the demilitarized zone in Korea. Our assigned officer took us on a tour of the DMZ, where we saw the dividing line between North and South Korea, with North Korean soldiers guarding their side of the border. We were close enough to touch them, but we were forbidden to touch them, speak to them, or even make eye contact with them, as we were warned that we might create a problem that could cause an international incident. Even though there was no war going on at the time, there was a great deal of tension in that region. When we returned from our successful tour of the Far East, we were dispatched to a similar type of tour through Europe. We did our show at military installations across Germany, France, Italy, and Spain. We had an opportunity to talk to people in France that remembered the day that the American troops stormed the beaches of Normandy. They thanked us and told us how grateful they were to America. This was very moving. We heard wonderful stories at every destination that gave us a connection to the past and a real sense of America's impact on the world. Having visited these historic places as a representative of the United States of America is an experience that I shall never forget. The sponsors of the Business Savvy Singer podcast are offering some wonderful steals and deals for the holiday season. Take a moment to check out our show notes for links to these special deals. Good news. We're partnering. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is delighted to be included in the Natscast network. Natscast is the official podcast network of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. It's an honor to be part of this community and have the opportunity to provide encouragement, education, and entertainment to singers everywhere. Singers, have you ever wanted to improve your sight reading skills? Do you want to hear harmonies better and sing them more easily? Would you like to be able to improvise and sing more styles of music? Donovan Mixon's performance ear training can help you with all of these things. Donovan has been a faculty member at Berkeley College of Music and is an expert in this field. Doesn't matter where you live, classes are offered online. Visit donmixon.com. Check out our show notes for more info. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at gretapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.